Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good afternoon. Yes. Hey, people. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> We're at a special time today. So thank y'all for, for popping in if you've been able to. Um, but yeah, welcome to Becoming Eva this afternoon. We have a very special guest. Yes, a fan favorite, Dr. Cassandra Bolar. Can you tell the Becoming Eva fans what you've been up to? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, just so honored to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And um, I've been up to a lot, a lot cooking in the kitchen, I suppose you could say, right? Um, And so, you know, you know, when God places something on your heart, it's like you can't run from it, even if you try. And, you know, I've just wanted to like just serve marriages. And so right now I'm serving a lot of wives through a challenge. It's actually coming up on Monday, a free challenge that I do called the Speak Life as a Wife Challenge. And so just really excited about that and the uplifting relationships community. And then um, I'm also a psychology professor. And then we were very blessed um, with some of the work that we do, um, you know, some community-based participatory research with um, Black families. And so now I'm working um, as a co-investigator on the National African-American Child and Family Research Center um, housed at Morehouse School of Medicine. And so just beyond thrilled to be able to touch lives, families, marriages in all of these different arenas and even and my students. So I guess those are a few of the things that I've been up to lately and I've, you know, just really been enjoying it. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. Excellent. Congratulations. That sounds like more than just a few things. You got a lot going on so we are absolutely thrilled that you have made time and you know for us you know today and just in the past like like latoya was saying you're definitely a fan favorite we always great feedback when you are on the show so we are thrilled to have you this afternoon thank you so much for joining us so ladies how are y'all doing today how's saturday going how's it treating you well i went on a hike this morning with my girls uh, for Girl Scouts. We went to Sweetwater Creek. I have never went on the trails uh, before. I normally do like the little boat area where people get on their boats and they can kayak. But I've never been on the trails. So today was the first day that I saw the trails and it is absolutely beautiful over there. Um, Like little rain uh, rainfalls and um, it was just really nice. That's awesome. I've heard great things about Sweetwater. And it's amazing for us to be as close as we are to it and have not been. So, yeah, more incentive. Yes, you have to definitely check it out. Yes, I love Sweetwater. Oh, gosh. It's, it's so beautiful. And you have different trails with, like, different um, difficulties, too. So, <laughs> and then it, it's, I love it. It's so yes. sweet. Girl Scouts, I love it. Just so sweet. <laughs> hey, shout out to the Girl Scouts. I'm an honorary, well, not an honorary, a former Girl Scout as well. So, yes, yeah, shout out mm-hmm. to the Girl Scouts. All right, y'all, let's, yes, on my honor, I will try. Come on, to serve God in the country. So, people at times, and the I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You learned some great life skills there. Okay, let's get off my soapbox. All right, y'all, let's dive into what's trending. We got a lot to talk about. A lot happened this week. So we're going to start off with the Emmys. The Emmys were actually this past week, and I think it kind of snuck up on a lot of people. I know I was online, I think, and maybe saw a couple random tweets about it. And I was like, oh, snap, the Emmys are on. Like, it was a weird night to me for it to be on. And I think I may have saw a couple of commercials, but it just didn't resonate. So all that to say, I literally, you know, kind of got the details after the fact. But let me just say, I want to give a shout out to 
the women of color that were, um, you know, acknowledged and nominated and awarded on that evening. We had some huge, huge winners that evening. Um, Zendaya won for Best Leading Actress in a Dramatic Series for Euphoria. I know that's been a controversial show, um, but a very much um, needed one from what I understand, just as far as, you know, just the challenges that children and youth face with, you know, drugs. Um, but she won, Lizzo won for her reality series on Amazon, I believe. and. Um, and Abbott Elementary represented well. Quinta Brunson run, won for uh, Best Comedic Writer. And her um, co-star, one of her co-stars, Shirley Ralph, who's legendary, won for uh, Best Supporting Actress in a Comedic Series. And this was, for both of them, their first Emmy. So a lot of history being made, a lot of history. But any thoughts, ladies, on our um, yeah melanin coming through at the Emmys? Oh man, it was wonderful to see it. And I watched the speech that Miss Shirley Ralph gave and I had chills listening to her speech and hearing her sing. It was very it was like breathtaking when she said like I'm an endangered species. And she was talking about not giving up on your dream and your voice and how powerful your voice and it just really resonated with me um especially like the things that we're doing um and not giving up absolutely mm -hmm. that was beautiful i saw like a clip of her singing and you know i think there's just so much out there um even with i think the new movie um just about leadership and going for everything that you know is yours and um and it's just so beautiful we have so much talent and to see it celebrated and appreciated it, it's just such you know it, it's heartwarming <laughs> very very it was just beautiful to see like black women up there getting their props like i was so grateful for that and i'm a huge Abbott elementary fan i don't know if any of y'all are i love it i love it i, I do too it's hilarious especially it since you know i've been in the classroom before so a lot of the a lot of the scenes it's like reality like that's really how it is it's hilarious mm -hmm. very very genius the way they put it together like documentary style just awesome and yeah quinta's been doing an awesome job with that and all the hats she wears with that not only um writing for it but starring in it producing show running like a lot so kudos to miss quinta brunson she is doing her thing so yes anything else on the emmys before we dive into our next topic all right next next we've got the new little mermaid melanin still coming through still coming through and so i don't know if you had the chance to see the trailer for the new little mermaid but um Haley bailey she's actually a member of the r&b group uh chloe and hallie or hallie i think i said her name like hallie yeah chloe and hallie bailey so um they're sisters and actually um Chloe has since um, gone solo. They both actually were signed to Beyonce's label, um, which is dope, huge, huge kudos there. Um, and Chloe has been doing her thing solo and Hallie is the new Little Mermaid. So, you know, excited to again, see some women of color represented, um, but definitely some feedback there, some commentary, you know, some aren't so excited about it, not exactly sure why, and then, Others feel like, okay, well, can you give us something a little more original? Are you just going to take every character and then dip them in chocolate? Like, how does this work? So all that to say, what are you all thoughts on the new Little Mermaid? Well, dipping things in chocolate really does make a really, <laughs> it makes it taste really good, you know, <laughs> adds a lot of flavor. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, the Little Mermaid is a fictional character, you know, and I think that it just kind of reveals what's in people's hearts. I don't think it was a, um, you know, a move or a proclamation that they were trying to make, but it became that. And, um, you know, it just kind of, I think people's responses just really reveals what's in their hearts. 
Um, but, you know, I say kudos to her. You know, I imagine there are numerous people who auditioned that she wanted based on her talent. Um, and so, you know, kudos to her. And uh, she looked beautiful, I thought. Yes. Yes, she was in the song too. I said, "All right, come on with the runs." Yes, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Toya. No, no, no. I was just saying, um, she's very beautiful, and kudos to Disney for diversity. Um, and yes, I did read that she auditioned for the part, and it wasn't like Disney was looking for. Let me let me find a black person to play. Uh, you know, the Little Mermaid or Ariel or whatever. Um, so I think people just need to chill out on some of that. Like, it's not that serious. <laughs> Calm down. Get over it, people. Get over it. So, but yeah, I'm excited. So are you, are you, either of you or both of you planning to take your little ones to see it in theaters next spring? I yeah. am. Yeah, it sounds fun. I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't been to movies in so, so long, but yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you. It's a classic. So mm -hmm. I, I hope they, I'm sure they will do it justice as they, you know, remake it. So we'll see, but that's all we got for this trending or what's trending this week. So let's dive on in to Enneagrams. Now, for those of you that don't know, this is our third episode of talking about Enneagrams. We really had to take time and unpack it because it applies in so many different aspects of our lives. Um, uh, for the first uh, episode where we were talking about it, we had had the amazing Brandy Underwood on here to just break down the different types, the strengths, the weaknesses, the pros, the cons, all that great stuff. And then last week, we actually had our spouses on with us, and they were talking with us about communication and managing conflict and just how to navigate when you have different Enneagrams in the same house under the same roof. So uh, today, we're going to continue the conversation, and we're going to be talking about Enneagrams as it relates to your friends, as it relates to your co-workers, all that good stuff. So First, we'll give you a quick recap of what an Enneagram is. Toya, you want to start us off? Sure. So first, the perfectionist. Um, <laughs> that's me. Um, I don't know how, how much detail you want me to go into. Yeah, you don't have to give a lot. If you want to give a description, you can, but yeah. Well, basically, the perfectionist is someone that likes to do things correctly and to have high standards and they're sticklers for rules and they pay close attention to detail and they also or i should say and i also like to avoid making mistakes <laughs> and to others we may appear perfectionistic uh responsible and exact exacting awesome and then the second type is the helper or the giver so that I believe is one of Ryan's strong types. And so they, you know, love supporting, they love um, assisting and just being there to support in the environment that they're in. And then the third one, this is also one of my high numbers. This was the second highest one is the performer or the high achiever. Um, threes are defined by the desire to be significant and to distinguish themselves through their achievements. To others, threes appear confident, ambitious, and goal-oriented. Um, they are unsure of their innate self-worth, and they look for validation through their accomplishments. That was actually one of my secondaries as well. And then number four, which is my primary, the romantic or the individualist, uh, very artsy, creative, expressive, um, very connected to feelings and emotions. That is, yeah, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then number five, the investigator. Um, investigators are defined by their desire to, to conserve their energy and to avoid being drained by engagement with the outside world. They focus on being knowledgeable and competent so that they can be as self-sufficient as possible. Yes. And then we have the six, which is 
my handsome husband, <laughs> the loyalist or the skeptic, you know, they have a lot of questions. They're about being prepared. They're about keeping things in order and trying to figure out what's going to happen. And if this happens, how we're going to handle that, you know? So yeah, very, very much the loyalist and skeptic. So that is number six. All right. Number seven, the enthusiast. Sevens are defined by their desire to experience everything life has to offer while avoiding pain and boredom. They appear to others to be lively, fun-loving, and they're just like the fun people. <laughs> the life of the party. Then number eight, the challenger. Some consider this um, personality type to be a little different, difficult to um, work with because they are adamant about what they believe and what they want. And they are, you know, very strong-willed in that area and they are willing to, you know, stand up for it and communicate it. So definitely the challenger. That is the number eight. All right. Number nine. This is my hubby. Peacemaker. <laughs> Nines are defined by their desire to, to maintain a sense of inner peace and harmony and to avoid conflict or other emotional disturbances. They are typically agreeable, calm, and easy to be around. Yes. There's your review. And if you don't recall, Toya is a one. The uh, perfectionist slash reformer, I'm a four the romantic slash individualist. And then your hubby Toya is a- Peacemaker, he's a nine. And my hubby is a six, the loyalist slash skeptic. So we're gonna do a drum roll and uh, actually ask uh, Miss Cassandra to reveal her Enneagram type. What number are you? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, is this right? <laughs> but, but my Enneagram said I'm a number three, which is an achiever. Okay. So um, I was surprised by that. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I was a number, um, I was a number three. So I was super surprised by that with a high like seven and nine and two. Okay, tell us tell us why you were surprised by that. I was just like, am I that much of a like, you know, it seemed like it was a competitive go-getter type of thing, but I just I didn't I don't personally see myself like that, you know. I just I don't know, I feel like I'm very mission-minded like about mm -hmm. like if I feel like a very strong pull on my on my life and things like that, but but I guess I've achieved some things, but I, I'm not like trying to like be an achiever per se, but I guess that's what came out. I was like, and it was so funny <laughs> is that it describes my husband very well. And that is his. And I said, we are so different. How in the world do we get the same number yeah. and the same wing on the Enneagram? Wow. I mean, like, Oh my gosh! I, I mean, with strength finders, mm -hmm. you know. But I was like, "This what?" <laughs> I was really shocked. I was like, "I need to take it again." And then I looked back at the one I took in 2019 and it said I was an achiever too. And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> On the outside looking in, it seems like you know the shoe fits. <laughs> it seems like you are an achiever, like from the outside mm -hmm. in. You and your husband are both very high achieving people. Like he has his own practice, you know, stuff like that. So I was I like, so. I, I thought he fit the bill, but when it said me, I was like, what? <laughs> you have a lot of excellent things going on in your life. I, I would say, yeah. God, you know, God is faithful. And one thing that um, Brandy talked about is that different type or the the same number can show up differently in different people you know what i mean so you know it's possible you know and then of course at the same time not everything may be accurate but just understanding that you can both be the same number and it just look completely different mm -hmm. like you were talking about you know wing you got the wing you got something else she called it toy i can't remember what she was talking about the sexual and the um, like the three, there were three underlying ones, but all that to say, y'all, I got to go back and watch the episode myself and, and get the book, but there were just different elements to every type. So yeah, 
very, very possible for y'all to be the same number and just it looked completely different. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. awesome, awesome. All right. So that is our review. We're gonna go ahead though and dive into relationships. So you wanna kick us off? Yes. So the first thing we're gonna focus focus on is friendships and how you interact in your circle of friends. And if your Enneagram number, do you think kind of plays a role in the way that you show up socially with your friends? Yeah, I really think so. And it's really interesting. Like I teach a personal relationships class and we have a, a chapter that focuses on friendship. And what's really interesting about friendship is that friendship looks a lot like an intimate relationship, but the degree of like physical intimacy is different. But everything that you need, like closeness, like self-disclosure, like compatibility, I think is really important. And, you know, sometimes people say that, you know, that sometimes they're best friends with someone that they didn't even really think they would like initially, because sometimes there's this complementary nature to what kind of draw may either initially repel you or draw you to an individual and i think that you know sometimes especially in a friendship like we may lean on those areas in which they are strong so we may see that they may be very different from us but they they help to broaden our worldview and broaden our perspective you know based on those differences and you know friendships are just they're just so critical and important you know and and a, and a gateway to that closeness is that self-disclosure. And I think a part of revealing who you are is even like those personality traits, those strengths, and even your weaknesses and having that acceptance from a friend. So I think sometimes we do see that complementary nature, or you may see that people are really drawn to people who are a lot like them because they're like, you get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we first met, mm -hmm. I don't think I was, well, I know I wasn't like Maya's fan, right? So it took us, we, I don't know where you were going with this. I was like, we, go ahead, go ahead. If we're being honest, <laughs> it wasn't like we clicked. Like oh, We didn't click right away. Yeah. We didn't click right away. Mm -hmm. It took us a minute, I guess, to kind of develop. Mm -hmm. We're still, yeah, I think we're still like trying to just figure out how to be like relaxed and chill around each other. You know what I'm saying? I think we, I'll say for me, I'm still, and I feel like at times I still may have like my representative at times. You know what I mean? Like it takes a minute for me to be like, girl, you know, like it takes a minute. So yeah, I got you. I was like, where is she going with this? But I got you. I agree. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And I think you highlighted something really important, um, Maya, like, you know, kind of that management like we do impression management, especially when we want to be, you know, accepted. And so initially I call it kind of the representative self. I think yep. that's not just true for an intimate relationship, but I think it's true sometimes on jobs. You know, you come on with, especially if you have the code switch real good, yeah. you know, you know, you have to, <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to come in with that representative self and, and you know, because sometimes we, we, we want that acceptance, but, you know, really the authentic, authentic relationships and friendships come from that like taking off the veil and being comfortable with it but it does take time and and we and it's something that we do subconsciously impression management um but um there's this lady she has this term her name is shasta i, I forgot her last name i think it may be nelson um shasta nelson and she has this term called friendtimacy mm. And and she says that there are like three sides of of this triangle that helps us create this intimacy and in friendships. And she calls it friend intimacy. It's cute. I love it. She has a TED talk on it as well. And she says that there's this need for consistency mm -hmm. as well as positivity. But also, in addition to that, you also need the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so right. when we kind of bear, if we are repeatedly around this person, it's, it's positive experience. 
and then we really bear and show who we are, that builds a bond, that builds an intimacy. And I think that initially when we first meet someone, we want them to like us. So we're like, I don't know if they can see my, you know, this side of me yet, you know, or, you know, we're still kind of gauging it all, you know, but when we really can just let go and, you know, have a friend come over and they can see you at your roughest, at your, at your, at your lowest and, and without your makeup on and, you know, it's just, it's like a bearing of your soul and we all have a human need to be accepted and belong. And so I'm so happy you brought that up because I think that it's so true. We're still kind of managing that impression and sometimes we're holding back a little bit. Yeah, very true. And I know for me, I personally can be very guarded, very, um, it it takes a minute for me to let down my wall and just trust, like Mm -hmm. a minute. So I love that term frentimacy. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. You said, well, you said two cases. I guess I'm just trying to figure out and like what, and I mean, maybe it's just, you know, the way we're wired, but sometimes we're attracted to people that are similar to us. And then sometimes we're attracted to people that are complete opposites. But I'm just curious to know if you have any thoughts on what, you know, what may attract you to someone that's similar to you versus someone that is, you know, your complete opposite. If there's anything that you know that comes into play for that. Yeah, well, you know, at the very core of it is birds of a feather flock together mm-hmm. with respect to like core values, how you see the world and things like that. For the most part, when we're looking at connections, intimate friendship, because it's kind of like, I don't have, like you get it, like you get the core stuff. Like I'm not trying to, you know, you know, <laughs> you get the yeah. core stuff. But I think personality wise, it's kind of like, the things that we may admire that we may not be very proficient in. So like if we are really kind of, you know, hesitant or a little bit more introverted, we may be really, we may find it like very appealing to have a friend who's kind of like outgoing. They kind of pull you out there they pull you out of your box or yeah. and things like that. So maybe more so kind of personality, kind of style type of things. Yeah. But when it comes to like character and core values, is birds of a feather flock together. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Wow. Yeah. And my, didn't I repel you? Or like, I repelled you, you when, we, I, when we first met. Yeah, I think what it was, I think we were both guarded for different reasons. You know what I'm saying? I think you were the, you know, new girlfriend. When I met you, you were already fiance as far as I'm concerned. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a whole other story right there. But like, you were in like you were like okay i'm entering a new circle and i need to make my presence known you know so i think that's kind of where your approach was coming from and my approach was who this girl (laughs) who this new girl (laughs) and that show moving fast let me figure this lady out like that's how i because i knew your husband before i knew you and so just really i think we were both guarded and you know even in some cases maybe even defensive just because it was a new environment or new scenario or situation for both of us so yeah at least that's that's my take on it but what do you think yeah um to give you the cliff notes (laughs) cassandra let me give you the cliff notes so i met my husband at church and we moved relatively quickly like he asked me to be his girlfriend after seven days and then we got engaged four months later and we got married like six months later so all of this in a time span of one year and so my husband he is involved in track stars and you know they have their little circle of friends and so when I came around um (laughs) They're like, you know, kind of like, who is this? And like, there were like girl type of friends there too, in addition to guy friends. And so, you know, girls are just kind of like, I felt like kind of side eyeing me and sizing me up. Like, who are you? And (laughs) you're taking our friend. Like, who's this person taking our our friend, uh, Mr. Ryan? So I, I definitely... I know I'm I'm typically a guarded person. It takes me a minute to be comfortable to like kind of be myself and open up. 
Um, but I think I was extra guarded around them mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't know, I, I knew like some potential people that may have had an interest in, in my husband. So, you know, I was just a little guarded, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take your claim. Like I'm here and what I'm here. <laughs> Is there a problem? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> Is there a problem? <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Like, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Maya didn't, I don't think she really, it took it took her a minute to warm up to me or for me to warm up to her. Yeah, I was going to say, it, did it take you a minute too? I feel like it was mutual unless I'm just wrong. It was, I think it was mutual. All yeah. of our uh, wife, wife outings with all like the wives of track stars and different things, that kind of helped. Mm-hmm. Um, I think build the relationship up. Yeah, it took me a minute. Takes me a minute to like trust people and mm-hmm. to get comfortable. Yeah, we're very similar in that regard. So I think you know because we were on our own journeys with that period, it took a minute for us to connect to jail. So yeah, interesting. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So a little tidbit of the journey behind Maya and Toya's friendship. I love it. Let me ask you, um, any thoughts on like how healthy ways to manage conflict or differing opinions or just, you know, transitions, shifts, relationships change, you know, situations change. Sometimes it's a natural growing apart. Other times it's a not so natural growing apart. And, you know, you kind of have to figure out, at least I've had to figure out when to fight for relationships and when to just kind of let it take its course. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just curious on any thoughts on how to navigate that when you encounter conflict within your friendships. Yeah. Well, you know, for the most part, I think that it's all about how we view conflict. Mm. You know, sometimes we think that the fact that it's shown up means that there's something inherently wrong about the relationship, but that's not true. Mm. Um, because conflict, honestly, if you are really in close community with someone, and in close, like, I mean, close fellowship with someone, conflict may happen because we have competing sometimes time, demands, desires, interests. So it's actually a natural part of life. Um, but, you know, not recognize, figuring out, you know, is this something, you know, that's just that natural piece or is this an indication that we're going in different directions in life, you know, um, you know, no, and knowing the difference. Um, but conflict in and of itself is not inherently wrong or bad or means that the relationship is bad. And I think that when we have things that bother us and we don't say things, that's when kind of the resentment can build or the distance or the wedges between you and another person can build. And so when you have, you know, just strategies that you can use to bring things up, I think that's very helpful. And I always say that you want to speak to the margin of good first before you have to bring up whatever is the infraction or the offense that hurt you. Because we want to disarm people instead of cause their guards to go up. And at the end of the day, when you value something, you know, you will try to uh, you'll try to keep preserve it. Yeah. That's really good. Just the whole perspective of conflict, I think, is key. Like, how do we view it? And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. No, you know, because like closeness, you may rub up against someone because of that close proximity, you know, and it doesn't mean that there's something inherently wrong about them or something inherently wrong about you. A lot of times conflict is a growth opportunity. It is a growth opportunity and it can be a very powerful tool to usher in that growth for both sides if you if you use it accordingly. I ha- I do struggle I think with handling conflict. I've never it's never been an easy task for me. I think I try to avoid conflict at all costs. I think that's just kind of how I'm wired. Yeah. I think it kind of ties into the whole like 
type one not really wanting to make mistakes. Mm. So a lot of times when there is conflict, I feel like sometimes like maybe I did something wrong um, and I try to avoid it. So that's yeah. a growth for me. It's learning how to deal with conflict. Yeah, I think it's so easy, you know, Latoya, to look inwardly and say, well, what's wrong about me? Well, how, how am, I, am I looking at this the wrong way? Or did I do something to cause it? Or, you know, and every person has an approach to conflict. You know, some people are like, okay, let's get, the, let's get it going. Let's get it moving, you know. And then another person is a little bit more hesitant and is, you know, um, in, in like a couple dynamic, um, Dr. Harville Hendricks calls it the turtle versus the hailstorm. So the turtle is a little bit, you know, more shy when it comes to a conflict. The hailstorm is like, let's hash it out. Let's talk about what's going on. Like, let's talk about, let's talk about right now. <laughs> you know? I, I'm then, the turtle. I'm turtle, yeah. I'm yeah, the yeah. turtle. <laughs> My husband is not the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, usually there's that dance, you know, that every couple has. And it's hard for each person because they have a certain comfort, you know, with it. So, but. yeah, I would if I'm honest, I would say I'm the hailstorm and not in a very at least I try not to be in an abrasive way, but I just can't stand because I'm in tune with my emotions and my feelings when stuff is off. Like I hate when people try to act like it's not off. Like I'm right. like, something is wrong. There's an elephant in the room. Do you not see it? Like, let's talk about that. Let's elephant. talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> that, that's my hellstorm tendency. Cause I'm like, I, I'm not trying to tiptoe and dance around stuff if I don't have to, so. Most definitely. And, um, you know, um, and that's just, we all have a comfort. It may come from our childhoods. It may come from just our personality. Every person has a different temperament, you know, and temperament is something you're born with. So, um, you know, and then your personality has been shaped a lot about your, about your early childhood experiences. And, and then how do we view conf how we view conflict is oftentimes been shaped by earlier experiences in childhood or even other romantic situations or even other friendship situations. If conflict happened and then your friend was like, bye, Felicia, you're like, okay, no, I am not. <laughs> I am not going to bring anything up because the last time I brought something up, I lost, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So, yeah, but I think the important takeaway for us is to not, um, to not, consider it a bad thing. Conflict is no. an opportunity, like you were saying, for us to grow. It's all about how we approach it. So I love that perspective. Yeah, it's actually an opportunity to actually get more in tune with yourself and actually grow closer to the other person. Mm. Wow. Because a lot of times we think intimacy is sharing all the positive emotions, but we have a full, we have a full circle life experience, right? And sometimes when we can bear the hurt and the pain and have that be received is something about that 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 draws you to that person. Mm. Even if that person may have had an impact on causing the pain, but if you can connect and, and release it and it be a, and you can serve as a safe space to land, man, that's gonna build connection. That's gonna be like they got my back for real. Yeah. And I think that that is uh, a gift, but it, it can be scary. But, you know, giving everybody grace, we may not always approach it differently. And I always say that, you know, I was talking the other day in class and we were talking about communication and every person has an intention mm. in their minds that they're trying to communicate. But sometimes they may not encode it perfectly. And so sometimes when we're listening, we have to listen beyond the words to get the heart behind the message, to get the intention behind the message. That is so good. That is so good. Lord, help me to do that. Yes. <laughs> help me to do it. All right, look, we can, we can scale the friendship forever. We got we to gotta talk a little bit about coworkers. That's another huge aspect of our lives, you know, um, whether you're working from home or you're in the workplace or what have you, like 
work is a huge part of you know of most of our lives and so really want to talk about that our co-workers so toy yeah. you want to kick us off yeah so each enneagram we know has different strengths and weaknesses and we work with a lot the whole spectrum of <laughs> enneagrams be it our supervisors bosses co-workers how can we benefit from having co-workers that have these various Enneagram numbers that are maybe could be very different from mm. yours? Yeah, I would say lean into the strengths that they have that are your blind spots. Mm. And that's going to actually build an appreciation because every, every person has areas in which they are weak. And sometimes, you know, we're looking for ways that people rub us the wrong way, you know, when it's very different. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I, I, I'm a, I don't know, I guess I'm a, like a, oh, big goal, a big vision type of person, but I need someone who's like detailed oriented to help me, you know? And because I'll be like, oh, let's just go to the moon. And then I'm like, well, how do we get there? You know, <laughs> you know, and um, and so they have something, especially if it's very different, then that means that they have something that you need. But I think also too, like trying not to allow those differences to kind of rub you the wrong way. And I think at, honestly, when we're working on teams and we're really invested in the vision and the mission, like that has to ground us all despite our different approaches to upholding and uplifting that vision and seeing yeah. everyone's contributions as significant, even if it's a different type of contribution than you would give because teamwork makes a dream work, you know? So, um, you know, kind of leaning in and keeping your eye focused in on, they are not me, that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. That is good. That is so good. That's very good. Like keeping, First and foremost, keeping the big picture in mind because you're all there to support that big picture, whether we're talking about your nine to five or an organization or where you volunteer or whatever. Like there's a larger vision that has brought you together somehow, some way. And mm -hmm. focusing on that first and foremost. And then, like you were saying, using their strengths to support your weaknesses. Like that's, yeah. That's really good. And honestly, I think that takes a level of maturity, first and foremost, to acknowledge and admit your weaknesses, but then also to realize that somebody else's strengths are designed to support you in that area and to be receptive of that, to be appreciative of that. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I work on a team um, and on, well, I work on like two different teams and one of the teams um they kind of like tease me a little bit <laughs> because i am a perfectionist and we did the enneagram during like our pre-planning and so we all know each other's numbers and <laughs> they tease me and they'll say like oh girl you wearing that crown today you you're wearing oh. that one today like <laughs> <laughs> because i guess i mean i can't help it <laughs> I'm just very um, detail oriented and, you know, I make sure like the I's are dotted, T's crossed and we have, I try to have our decks in a row and I like to like, let's delegate. Okay. When are we going to make this due date? Let's like, all right. And then when the due date comes, you know, I like to hold everyone accountable for what they said that they were going to bring to the table. And sometimes when they don't, like do what they say that they're supposed to do like i have to you know meet people where they are and i have to constantly remind myself um to give them grace and not because i think i do have a a strong personality so not being i guess overbearing or i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but just Give, meeting people where they are and 
um, I acknowledge when they do come through and do things. I'm like, you know, I, I say thank you. Like, I really appreciate you taking care of X, Y, and Z. So, I don't know. That's just me. I get it. Yes. Well, I I love that too. It's almost kind of like you know what you bring and you yeah. know even with people who are different from you, you know how to temper it as well. And so, um, but but you're needed. Gosh, you're needed and they're needed too. <laughs> and I love that everybody knows. See, in most working situations, everyone doesn't know. Like, like you know, they, they have been done a training like this where everyone knows and they've taken the inventory and everyone really knows like people's personalities as well. I think that that is um, such a, a wonderful leadership strategy to do things like this with your team. Um, and, and to be in the know really helps you to move forward even better, I think. I think yeah. so too. I, I th definitely think it's good to know um, just so that you know in your mind, okay, this person is not not going to see things the way that I see them all the time, or they're not going to do things like the way that I do them because they're wired differently. So I definitely think it's good to know. But I, oh, go ahead, Toya. No, I was going to say yeah, everyone has their different strengths and weaknesses, and I just try to pull on those strengths and instead of like highlighting what me or they may be weak in. Yeah, no, I think um, I was going to ask, I know we talked about how the importance, I should say, of managing conflict and using it as an opportunity to grow. Um, I know that looks very different in the workplace uh, for a variety of reasons. So would love any thoughts or tips on how to address when things need to be addressed, um, you know, conflict in the workplace. Cause I think that's a huge tool or skill that is um, either underutilized or just not, or utilized incorrectly. Let me just say that, so. Yeah, I think people are very, very, it's, afraid of conflict in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, but here's the thing, is that relationship skills, conflict management skills are the same regardless of the context. Mm -hmm. So conflict resolution is gonna look the same as it would, you know, almost in an intimate relationship as it would in a coworker relationship. You wanna to speak to the good first there as well. Mm -hmm. um, you want to separate the person from the behavior. You want to objectively identify what happened, when happened, how did it make you feel, and what do we need to see instead? Mm. And I think having a positive lead in and a positive lead out, like a soft startup, yeah. and not try to, because here's the thing, leadership is not about power, it's all about influence. And you can have influence regardless of where you sit in the hierarchy of the structure of a company. Very true. And I think that, you know, it's not a, just the same way you want want your friend to be to usurp power over you or you know or anything like that or to kind of um you know condescend you in any way i think that you have to really be conscientious of those power structures in mm -hmm. a working environment but the same is true how can you disarm that person how can you you know, grounded by what we're all here for. Like even in a relationship, we're all here to win in the relationship. In a working environment, we're all here to to win professionally. And so I think that, you know, because here's the thing is that when conflict is not addressed in a professional environment, morale is lowered. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will, um, I'll say too, one thing that I have found that has helped me to more effectively address conflict in the workplace is vulnerability, like really in relationship building, really taking time to build relationships aside from what you do, what your mm -hmm. topic, what your role is like really, and, and I've had to model it out, really being intentional about letting down my guard 
and talking about my family, talking about my weekend, talking about my likes, my dislikes, you know, cracking jokes, sharing stories, whatever, to show like that I'm a three-dimensional person, you know, and I recognize that you are a three-dimensional person. So I care about, you know, how your weekend went. I care if you're having a bad day. I care, you know, just about you as a person. And the more I've been able to lean in in that regard, even at times, if it's extremely uncomfortable, because there are times when it's definitely been uncomfortable, but when I have intentionally leaned in in that regard, mm -hmm. it helps the other person to drop their guard and their defenses as well. And I've seen like 180 shifts, but it can it can be challenging because oftentimes I've had to initiate it, you know? So yeah, I'm mm -hmm. definitely able to say that relationship building is key. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, I can receive from you when I know that you care about me as a whole person. Mm. It's so hard to receive if I think you just see me as a robot or just see me as a position. Yeah. But when I know that you see me as a full person, you know, and I, I can hear from you. And I, I love how you said that oftentimes you have to go first. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes we wonder, well, why is it on me? Why is it on me? Yeah. And I always say that when we, it's the most mature person has to go first. Mm. Wow. wow. I'm just thinking about a situation that happened last year um, between me and I, I guess you could just say supervisor or someone on the higher hierarchy of <laughs> the structure uh, when she was in the wrong and what, what she did. Um, and she knew what, that I knew that she did it. And I had to go to her for her to, I guess, to apologize for what she did to offend me and what she had said. Um, and so that was the area of growth for me. Um, it was very uncomfortable, <laughs> but it had to be done because my morale was definitely going down mm -hmm. um, once she did what she did to offend um, me, I guess, without going into detail. Um, but that, yeah, it's definitely an area of growth. And it did help um, after we cleared the air and mm -hmm. she apologized and I'm like, man, I wish she would have just uh, been the person to just kind of step up and apologize. And instead of me having to like call a meeting um, with her um, yeah. in regards to the situation. Yeah. And it's sometimes you may have felt like, well, that wasn't my place to do that, you know, but I'll, you know, in that case, you allowed your maturity to rise up and get what needed to be done done because otherwise what needed to get done would not have been done very so, you know and it was very very difficult because like i told you oh, i i don't like conflict and mm -hmm. I oh gosh you had that in there too <laughs> yes <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was an opportunity, an opportunity for growth, honestly, for both of you, you know, yeah. so that's a huge, a huge win. But yeah, I, yeah, I am going to continue to challenge myself to see it as that, that is a, a great perspective shifter for me. So yeah, great stuff. Wow. Whew, good stuff. Anything else on working with our coworkers that we want to talk through? This has been awesome. I would just say that people are all people mm -hmm. and, you know, even supervisors, even though they have positions, they are people going through things or people who are, if we have supervisory roles, like, and I recognize that it spills over. Like a lot of times if people are not showing up a certain way at work, something may be happening at home. Yeah. Very true. Very and, true. Yeah. And we, oh, yeah. go ahead. It's but I love how you said you're thinking about the whole person. When you think about the whole person, you may even find out what it could be. 
It's true. It's very true. I'm just, I'm glad that we have extended the conversation to talking about supervisors as well, because I think oftentimes that may be, you know, the greatest challenge when it comes to handling or dealing with conflict at work, because this is, you know, someone that you report to or someone, you know, on a, a higher, you know, plane professionally than you and you still have to address whatever needs to be addressed. But like you were saying, people are people and everyone, you know, is is working through something. And so I think the more we keep that in mind, the easier it is to approach whoever needs to be approached, as long as we're approaching them with respect, you know, and um, yeah, and 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 leading in a way and treating people in a way that we would want to be treated. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Very key. And find commonalities is what I would say between the people that you work with, even if you do have very different Enneagram numbers on like opposite (laughs) spectrums, um, just finding commonalities because you probably have a lot more in common than you think that you do. Absolutely. It it helps to build um, the relationship. Like once you find things that you have in common. Yeah. Very true. Wow, ladies. All right. Well, I hope I hope we've gotten some nuggets out there for the people. I know I have got I've received some. So thank you both for just, yeah, for sharing. So let's dive into our woman of noble character. Let's see, Dr. Bolar, do you have anyone that you want to acknowledge today for as a woman of noble character? Yes, a woman of noble character I would like to acknowledge is my friend, Dr. Ashley. Jackson and she's just such a loving person and she puts her family first, um, kind-hearted, loves God, and it's just so nice to do life with her and see like life unfold for her as well. That is beautiful, beautiful. Well, Dr. Ashley Jackson, you are a woman of noble character. Yes, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> All right, and we got to give a sneak peek, you all. Um, so we're this is actually the closeout of our Enneagram series, if you will. But next month um, in October, we're going to start uh, a devotional called Becoming. And it's by Crystal Bernard. I'll hold up the book. So instead, most of you, if you follow us, you know we typically do a book club during the summer. We actually took a break this summer, a much needed break, and did some strategizing instead. But we were like, hey, let's find a way to incorporate our book club during our season. So this is a 31-day devotional, y'all. 31 days. That's all. It's a a 31-day devotional. We're not asking you to read a long book and come with, you know, all kinds of deep thought in anything. But... We're just asking you to commit to go on a journey with us for 31 days and participate in this devotional. So it's Becoming, it's called Becoming by Crystal Bernard. And uh, one day, literally just one one day, just read a passage each day for the next 31 days, starting October 1st. And we'll actually be reading it with you and we'll be checking in each week to see if there's anything that jumped out or stood out to you over the course of that week. So we're inviting you to join us for that book club, okay? Yes. And you can get it on Amazon. And I believe she also has the book available on her website. So you can just Google Crystal Bernard and becoming and order the website. Yes. Yes. So check it out. If you're able to join us, we would absolutely love it. But I believe it's going to be an awesome journey. 31 days. That's all. 31 days. And don't forget to get your merch at becomingeven.com on our website. Um, today I am sporting our hats. With yes. our, um, we've, we've got mugs on yes. our mugs. sipping tea with BE, and I'm also wearing um, the shirt where it says "Dropping Gems." Dropping gems. So we've got things that you can order um, to support becoming Eva on our website. So check it out. Um, next time we'll be meeting and discussing the evolution of Maya and me. Maya yes. and 
We're going to kick off the Becoming series, but you're going to hear some awesome stories as we're going through this devotional because we really want to hone in on people's journeys um, professionally, but also personally. I know like we all evolve as women just in our different areas of life. And I think it's important to hear those stories and share those stories to strengthen one another, to support one another, to educate one another. So yeah, we hope you are blessed by it. So get your devotional and get ready to start talking about becoming. Yes. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are looking to beef up our YouTube channel. So if you're not already subscribed to it, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you guys soon. Bye. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time. time.